Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. So, we started last week about another helper, the post-resurrection reality for every believer. Um, we've got Ascension Sunday and Pentecost Sunday coming up not far from now. And I wanted to take those few weeks that I have on Sunday and just kind of minister and just open up the whole, the whole topic and the whole wonderful revelation and introduction to the Holy Spirit. And his, his uh, operations in, in lives as individuals, his operations in the church, his operations in, in the world, in the time of grace which we are in, um, in the end times which I believe we are in. And it's just, it's, it's, a, it's just a lot of, uh, of uh, information. But it's more than information. I mean, I'm, I'm enthusiastic and excited every time I get to talk about the third person of the Trinity in this um, focused way. So what I want to do today is go over and I want to focus in on the part of uh, a title of the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of Truth. We're going to be going to John chapter 14 in just a moment. And so one of the names or titles or, or insights to the ministry or the activity of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. If you take Old Testament and New Testament, there are somewhere around 30 titles or names for Holy Spirit in Scripture that are specifically identifying uh, the third person of the Godhead. Jesus used this title, the spirit of truth, um, Three times in three consecutive chapters in the in the Gospel of John. I actually just a little side note. Last week I I mentioned about you know if if you want to join me and just reading through the Gospel of John a few times or whatever whatever you can get in between now and say Pentecost Sunday. I did that last year in in San Antonio. I felt the Spirit of God impress us to do that, and I felt much the same here. If, if you can take um, in either make this your Bible reading or add it to your daily devotionals, do three, four, five chapters a day, you'll be able to get through the Gospel of John in a, in a few weeks with no problem. Maybe get through it a few times. I've been going through it again. And uh, every time, and it's this way with all the Bible, but every time I go through, there are just new things that come up and come out and that just uh, nuggets drop in. But... I want to focus this morning specifically on this spirit of truth. In John 14, 17, uh, let's turn over there. <clears throat> now, this was not too long before Jesus was going to be 
uh, go to the cross. And so he's really starting to get down, I believe, to some prophetic things that he was preparing, not only his disciples, but preparing everyone who would read these through the, through the uh, millennia to come. Uh, after this was written, he was preparing us, he was giving us insight as to what was coming. He said, if you love me, in verse 15, you'll keep my commandments. Verse 16, we're just going to jump on 17 here in a moment. 16 said, I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither know him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. He said the world doesn't know the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, because they can't receive him. There's no way for them to connect with him. But he said you know him because not, uh, not only does he uh, uh, live around you and, and his presence envelope you, but he lives in you. What a powerful, powerful insight. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Every Christian needs to say, thank you, Jesus, for caring for me, for caring for us like this. Yet a little while, and the world sees me no more. But you'll see me because I live, and you shall live also. At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and that you in me, and I in you. Verse 17, the spirit of truth, Jesus said, whom the world cannot receive. Go over to John fifteen twenty-six. John, just chapter over 15, verse 26. But this cometh. Verse 26 of John 15. But when the comforter, that's another term. Paracletos, the comforter. Is come, whom I'll send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father. He shall testify. I mean, last week we talked about the testimony of Jesus and what the Holy Spirit does. But here, uh, in bringing that into, into the world and using us to be a part of that. But here, Jesus is, is identifying the Holy Spirit as the comforter, but he also said, even the Spirit of truth. Just like he'd referred to him in verse 17 of John 14. Go over to John 16, 13. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, and that, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Wow. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore I said, he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. The job of the Holy Spirit is take the truth and the reality of not not just you getting saved, but the full revelation of who Jesus is and reveal it to those who will say, yes, I want to know, I want to hear, I want to receive. So in John 14, 16 through 17, um, I want to look at something in 
in a specific way. He said, I will pray, verse 16, and how this connects to what's getting ready to happen with the Holy Spirit coming and manifesting himself as the spirit of the truth, of, of the spirit of truth to us. He said, I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another comforter. Jesus' request to the Father here, it revealed the critical importance of Holy Spirit's release into the world to those who would follow him. Jesus was specifically praying. He was petitioning. He was, he was in, imploring the Father. He said, I'm going to pray to the Father, and he will give you another comforter. This, this whole insight here, as you dig in a little bit, if you just go a little bit deeper, it reveals that Jesus uh, is equal with God. He's, he is God. It's God the Father, Jesus the Son, who is uh, God, and God the Holy Spirit. They're the three in one. Here he said, I'm going to make a request to the Father that he would send the Comforter to you. We see Jesus' e- equality as God in this prayer. It's a, it's a Greek word. I'm not going to go in, into the you know, detail of it other than this. It literally means the petitioner is on equal footing with the person he is making the request to. That's what that word, when he said, when Jesus is saying, I'm going to pray, he was using this word that translates out, I'm going to take my position where I am God and the Father and I are one. It's what the Jews couldn't, couldn't, couldn't handle. When they heard him talk this way, they just said, he's a heretic, we've got to crucify him, we've got to get rid of him. It offended everything about them that they thought they knew about God. But the the crazy part is, is that they thought they knew so much about God, but they missed God the Son. Totally rejected him. They were, it just went over their, over their ability, I guess, to comprehend. And I'm not going to get into all the, that's a, that's a big topic. But here, Jesus is letting them know by the, by the vocabulary he's using. He said, I am letting you know that I'm asking God and I'm equal. This, that, what he was saying is, this is both of our will. They're one, but he said, me is the son and he is the father. This is our will. The Holy Spirit needs to come. Why? Well, in this way, he was saying you need a comforter, you need uh, the spirit of truth. He knew we needed that. Trust me, there will be multiple times when you're in your life where the Holy Spirit as comforter is going to come alongside of you. Have you ever lost someone dear? Well, then, as a believer, you know that. Whether, whether, it's, whether you really got it all cutting through the pain and the loss, but yet in the middle of it, even in ways within your spirit that maybe your mind was not able to comprehend, the ministry of Holy Spirit of Comforter, the one who comes alongside, he was there with you. And that's not the main topic I want to bring out today. The one that I want to bring out and focus on most of all is that also in that he is released unto you as the spirit of truth. Everybody needs to have the truth continually revealed to them as followers of Christ. Why? Well, there's a number of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is, is because you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Truth is the key to freedom. Oh, if you're wrestling with things that are bigger than you are. Well, no, let me rephrase that. Let me remove if. In those things that you are wrestling with that are bigger than you are. Come on, somebody. The spirit of truth is the one that brings the key to you getting free or not being subjected to things that are bigger than you are that are not God's will. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. That's the spirit of truth. 
And sometimes it's massive revelation that just changes your whole paradigm in life. Just like Nicodemus uh, came to Jesus and was inquiring, and he was a teacher, he was a leader in, in Israel, and Jesus said, you must be born again. And he's like, what do you mean you must be born? You mean i got to go back into my mother's womb? He said, Nicodemus... You're a leader, you're a teacher. What are, what's wrong, man? Come on, wake up. You're missing the whole point. It's not that. It's a whole new birth. It was a truth that revolutionized not only Nicodemus, but all of us. Truth is the key to freedom. And so Jesus was praying to the Father. He said, send the Holy Spirit, the one who will come. And there are three Holy Spirit activities that Jesus wants operational in every believer's life. And I'm going to take what time I have left, and we're going to, we're going to uh, go over each one of those. In verse 16, he said, the Holy Spirit would be the comforter. He said, I'm going to pray the Father. And I'm not going to pray to the Father if it be your will, Lord. Like in the garden that was coming up. He said, this, I'm praying to the Father. We are one on this. And he, the Father, will give you another comforter. Uh, The ministry of comforter, the paracletio, called to one's side. Called to one's aid. You see, the devil is such a liar and a deceiver that he'll make you think that every time you're in trouble that God is far from you. That every time you run up against an impossibility that you can't see how it could ever be part of God's will. He's made a way that you're not going to be alone in. Every time you feel overwhelmed with whatever circumstance, whether massively large or which is tiny petty, we all have them and they're all from the spectrum. No matter uh, how little or how great, he said, you are going to have someone that comes alongside. I'm going to make sure that the comforter, the paracleto is going to be there. He's going to come to your aid. I want to do something right now and just take a couple of minutes here in the middle of this service and we're going we're gonna to minister to a need here, but we're going to show and see what, um, what the Holy Spirit does in this. And I'm going to ask Mar- Marvin to come up here. Yeah, Marvin, my friend, come on up here, Marvin. Yeah, just come on up. Leonard, Steve, Steve, would you come up here too? Uh, matter of fact, as we come, as, as, this tran- as this transpires here in the next few minutes, if you feel like you want to be a part of praying for Marvin, I want you to feel free. Just get out of your seat. Come on up. We're going to join our faith together. Uh, Marvin's been living in an assisted care facility here, not far from the church. Been a part of this church for decades. And uh, I've only been here a little less than a year, but I love this brother. He's a, he's a, he's a man of God. He's a man of faith. He's a faithful man. And uh, he's being moved to another facility just up Kind of, you know, towards Seattle, I guess. And um, um, what we're going to be believing for today is that the paracletos is going to just close right up close to him, be his helper, be his aid, be his strength. 
Remove every bit of fear. Remove every bit of trepidation. Remove every worry. Remove every doubt. Marvin, the Lord orders steps. I don't know how all this happened, but I do know as a man of God, the Lord is with you. He's not forsaken you. This isn't going to be for your harm. This is going to be where the Lord is praised through it as you see the hand of God. So stretch your hands over Marvin right now. This is his last service with us as a resident of Vancouver. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit, the Paracletos, would come up alongside of him right now. Steve, will you, will you anoint Marvin? Uh, Steve, will you just anoint Marvin with some oil right there? Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God would come upon this man in such a way that he would not feel alone, that there would be a sense, God is with me. There would be a knowing and a certainty, Marvin, the Lord is with you. He's not left you. He's not forsaken you. He's going to give you favor. I prophesy over you that you're going to have favor with God and with man. That anything the devil would try to do for your harm, the Lord's going to turn it around, as Romans 8 says, and it's going to work together for good. That the Lord's going to make straight paths for your feet. And that you're going to go in as highly favored and blessed of God. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. The Lord has a purpose for you, my friend. And it's to bring the light of Jesus into that place that you're going. You're going to be part of the witness of Jesus into that place that you're going. The Lord is going to anoint you. The Lord is going to favor you. The Lord is going to strengthen you. Fear not, for I'm with you. Fear not, for I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way. I love you, and I'm going to minister greatly through you and to you in Jesus' name. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Let's thank the Lord. Blessed are the feet of those who brings good news, and he brings good news. Yay. Did you all get that? Susan was hearing the word about... Blessed are those, uh, blessed are the feet of those that bring on the mountains that bring good news. And uh, Marvin, you're anointed to go and bring good news. Where are you going, my brother? He comes alongside whenever we need aid. We were with, <laughs> I don't even know how many, a lot of missionaries this past uh, a week ago, last week. And um, there were a number of missionaries from, UK, from Ukraine. And I got talking to a couple of them and said, we rent to a Ukrainian church, and they didn't know the particular church. But um, anyway, just provided an opportunity for me to have a conversation with these people. And, and they began describing, because the week of convention, which would have been week before last, uh, there was a, a barrage of bombs that had been, or rockets that had been released, shot at one of the communities where the main church is, in Mar- Maripool, I think is what it is. And... Um, these rockets landed indiscriminately all over, killed a number of people, destroyed things. And he said, Gary, we had literally hundreds and hundreds of people already in the building. And literally when the first bomb or first rocket hit, then another rocket hit, and we realized that the, somehow the alarm went out that there was, it was a lot of missiles had been launched. He said people started literally running to the church running to the church, grabbing whatever they could grab, running to the church. He said all we did was open the doors because we wouldn't open the doors. They would have broken whatever way to get in. And he's standing there and he said, and he said, um, uh, Brother Slavic said, my first thought was, oh God, what happens if they all get in? You know the thought, right? Maybe you're so spiritual you wouldn't have had that. But I knew the thought as soon as he was telling me the story. 
Oh, Lord, we need, we need a couple strong angels right now. Missile deflector angels over this church. And he said, they didn't land within three or four blocks was the closest one. But he said there, was, there came a moment in time when the just faith began to rise. And this is what uh, the missionary shared with me. He said, I felt the Holy Spirit. He felt the paracletos. He said, I felt Holy Spirit come upon me and literally speak into my mind. It's not going to come near you. It's not going to come near you. It's not going to come near you. He said, I started telling the leaders, start praying and start telling them. They're not going to come near us. Hold your hand up to the sky. Hold your hand. It's not going to come near us. And I don't know how long the barrage went, but through the whole length of it, they were divinely protected. They were divinely kept. And uh, as a result of that, through, anyway, it's, you can only imagine living in a, in a circumstance like that. What's happening in circumstances like that? Thousands of people are getting saved. What the enemy means for destruction and evil, the Lord turns around and uses it for good. Now, I'm not saying, oh man, we need missiles to come so that people will get saved. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying what the devil means for bad. The Lord always takes and turns and brings glory. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. So three activities. One of them is the comforter. The second one in verse 13 that Jesus uh, mentioned, he said, is that, and he will give you a comfort that he may abide. And that's what we were just talking, that he may abide with you forever. This abiding presence, this this this. Thing that just is a part of who the Holy Spirit is, is that he abides. It literally means to stay in place. He comes and he doesn't move out. He stays in place. He remains. He continues. He's a, he endures. Activities of Holy Spirit have not changed since he was released to the church in Acts 2. Listen, I'm going to help you with some things theologically here. And I'm not a theologian or anything like that. But I'm going to give you an insight that I think will help you. Because there's, there's quite a number of, um, of ideas about the activity of the Holy Spirit in the day that we live. And there are two, basically two schools, of can, uh, two uh, schools of thought. And one thought is, is that the Holy Spirit still does what he was doing when he was sent. That's the school we're in, by the way, and we'll get in that in a moment. But there's another school of thought that says, well, all of those kind of works of the Holy Spirit cease. They stopped operating, and they come up with, when the last apostle died, then no more miracles. Whenever uh, the last church was planted, then no more, um, you know, um, uh, supernatural activity from Holy Spirit. Now it's just the word in you, and he'll let you understand what it means. And it's called cessationism. We don't believe that. And this is why. Because Jesus said, I'm going to pray that the Comforter will come. How many believe the Comforter is still here? That's part of what he does. He's still here. We all get that. Even cessationists believe that. Why? Because there are times that they need comforting. And they've sensed it, felt it. But Jesus said, I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit abide. That is, what this word implies, what it, what it brings to, is that it means to stay in place. It means to remain, continue, endure. That is, the activities that were going on in Acts 2 in the day of Pentecost, they're still available and readily uh, uh, to be able to make contact with in the day that we live in. There wasn't a time when it ceased. There wasn't a time when it stopped. There wasn't a time when he said, Holy Spirit, just, you know, just kind of, just settle down. That's that's a little too much. There's none of that. I believe that uh, as 
the waters cover the sea, so the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth. The longer we go into this thing, to the return of the Lord, the greater and greater the glory is going to be. It's not going to be less activity, it's going to be more activity. Come on, somebody. And so, in America, we think, oh yeah, there's not much going on. I spent a week with Moses. Missionary Moses, not the other Moses. With Moses. And we were riding and... You know, I just thought, you know, I've got him staying with me. I'm not going to sit around and just, you know, try to have good. I lined up as many preacher visits as I could line up. I mean, we went, we preached, we visited, and I shamelessly begged those other pastors, you need to support this man. <laughs> it's good when you put him on the spot and he's right there. They go, oh, oh, okay, yeah. And uh, uh, But the, the part I'm getting to is I said, Moses, what's it like to minister in Uganda? Oh, pastor, people get saved when you just tell them that Jesus loves them. People get healed when you tell them the blood will cover you, that there's miracles. And he just began, and I said, I want to come there. And just for a visit, I'm not moving over there, just for a visit. And the point I'm trying to make is, is that sometimes your own circumstances can make an impact on your theology. Well, if it's not happening to me, it's not happening anywhere. That's wrong. It's happening all over everywhere. And basically, I guess where I'm at, I just need to get under the glory spout where I need to get under the spout where the glory comes out. That's the point that I'm, I'm getting at is that, Lord, you did it back then. You can do it now. Lord, you did it over there. Do it here. You're no respecter of persons. Now, I don't know what it'll look like here. That's um, God's uh, um, agenda. That's Holy Spirit's idea. He's the one who distributes gifts severally as he will. But uh, this whole thing that it doesn't happen anymore. I just come against that in the name of Jesus. You need to be living a life expecting Holy Spirit's going to visit you in ways that will not only amaze you, but will amaze everyone that hears your story. The spirit of truth that he may abide. Verse 17, and I'm going to wrap up with this. Verse 17, he said, if you know these things, whoops, wrong, wrong chapter, even the spirit of truth, he's going to abide with you forever. He's come to stay. He's not moving out. You'll move on. He's he's staying. There's another great thing I love about this. Is that whenever you provide spiritual covering, that's a whole other message, but when you provide spiritual covering through your dedication and service to the Lord, That spiritual covering abides and it's with you forever. That is, it's able to extend over your son or daughter in the military or in another state or in a critical situation. That's part of that abiding presence of Holy Spirit. I draw upon it continually. We all should. He said that the spirit of truth... Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. I want to take the last few minutes. The whole idea of the spirit of truth, this root idea, this thing that Jesus was talking about, it's the word pneuma. And uh, it means breath. But in this in this application, if you will, and it's not even in this, it is literally what this word brings. I believe that's why Jesus chose it. It's 
You know, sometimes we, we hear what the Holy, presence of Holy Spirit, ministry of Holy Spirit is like, because it's like a dove, and it's soft, and it won't offend. This word goes exactly, it's a different word. It's not a gentle breeze. You're seeing it up there. It's not like you're sitting by the pool and there's somebody there fanning you and you just barely feel it. That's not what Jesus was saying here. The whole root meaning of this spirit of truth is, is uh, it means to breathe hard. It, it means a blast of breath. It means a current of air, but not just a current of air. It means a current of air that, that is forceful, that is powerful. He's a, the dunamis of Acts 2. He's like, he's like an explosive power. What Jesus says, when the spirit of truth is, is, comes upon you, he's going to mess up all your other truth and ideas that you've ever had. I'm going to tell you, each of us, need and indeed should welcome the strong truths of heaven to blow upon our lives. God, at times, I rely way too much on my mind. Now, he gave us a brain, and I'm not saying check that at the door. and just. But what I am saying is that his ways are far above our ways. What the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth does, is he brings you to a place where you're able to handle the truth that heaven wants to bring into your life. You can handle more than you think you can. What was that old movie? You can't handle the truth. Was it Jack Nicholson? Come on, somebody. You're, you're as old as I am. You, I'm not a big movie butt, but I remember the line out of that movie with Tom Cruise, and, and they were doing whatever, and Nicholson said, you can't handle the truth. Well, I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit will come in, and he will anoint you so you can handle the truth. No matter what it is to you, he can make a way where you can handle the truth that he needs to bring into your life. Listen, Paul said, I came to this certain group, I believe it was Corinth, and he said, man, I I came to you, and I wanted to give you meat, but he said you weren't quite able for that, and so I just had to keep giving you the milk of the word. Listen, the Holy Spirit is there to correct your uh, uh, supernatural digestive system to where you can handle a steak every now and again. I don't know if they got it or not. I don't know if we got any carnivore people in here or not. You can handle it is what I'm saying. The truth from heaven is such laid out such so that when it's presented to you and the Holy Spirit anoints it and anoints you, you can receive it more than you ever dreamed you ever could. Why do you think, even from the Old Testament to the New Testament, God shows up, whether it be through His prophets, whether it be through His sons, through His apostles, whether it be through divine manifestations of angels or Holy Spirit Himself, the Spirit of God shows up and people immediately on the spot make absolutely drastic life changes immediately. Peter didn't just sell his fishing business, he just pushed the boat aside and walked away from it. Elisha just didn't quit the farm. He killed the oxes and burned the plow and said, I'm following him, Dad. Well, thanks a lot. You could have left it at least for, you know. Abraham, he said, come on. 
Abram, I'm going to send you to a place that you've never been before. And he said, lead on, God, I believe you, and I'll go because you said it. And you find this over and over and over and over and over again through all the Bible. And what that is, is when the spirit of truth comes upon you, he enables you to receive the revelation that you'll never, never, never be the same again. He'll come upon you. He'll breathe hard upon your life. He'll blast the breath of heaven into you sometimes when you least expect it, and yet he shows up. How many have ever had conflict arise because you've been blasted by the Holy Spirit and others around you didn't quite understand maybe what was going on? You might be here and going through some of that today. I'm going to pick up the whole prophetic part of what the ministry of the Holy Spirit does next week because I'm not going to just give it two minutes. It's too much. It's too important. We'll touch on that, but I have a sense that the Spirit of God is, He is moving in a great way in the day that we live. Our country desperately needs a blast of God from heaven. America needs the breath, the hard breath of heaven to blow upon us once again. Our churches need a fresh blast of heaven. (laughs) Oh, I'm looking forward to Pentecost Sunday, Acts 2. Don't even think about what we're going to preach over. I'm looking forward to it. You need a fresh wind of heaven to blow hard upon your life. And that's in no wise bringing condemnation to you. I just know, I know, I know me, I know you, I know us, I know. I need more. I want us to stand. A couple of years ago, uh, three years ago, this Pentecost Sunday in Woodlands, Texas, at Steve Riggle's church, and um, I'm going to give you a two-minute testimony. Pastor Steve is, he's not known as a fiery preacher, hell brimstone. He's not known as a, a big gift guy or a prophecy guy. He's known as a Bible guy and a great leader, an apostle, and extend the kingdom. Three years ago, on Pentecost Sunday, they were facing something that was insurmountable in their own abilities and strength. And without trying to make an emphasis or a pull, in that church service that day, the Holy Spirit wind blew into that place. And it's been blowing now for three years. The church has quadrupled, it's exploded. They're, They're running as hard as they can to try and keep up with it all. God moves severally as he will. I'm not saying, oh, that happened there, it's going to happen here. But I do know this. He is no respecter of persons. Whatever the Lord, uh, 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 there was a prophecy last Wednesday night that Moses brought to this church if you weren't here. I don't, I, did we get that recorded, Michael? We did. So I'll get that printed out or whatever and get it out to you in the next week or so, you know, hopefully by next Sunday. But um, the Lord's been saying some things to this church. Every prophetic person that comes in has something very similar to that. All I'm telling you is, it's happening in the day that we live in. Get ready. 
I'm believing for that to happen here. If you're needing a fresh wind to blow into your life, I want you to come forward, and we're, we're going to close at that point. It's been an hour and a half. If you, if you need, if you need um, more wind in your sail, so to speak, if you need strengthening in your life, maybe you need some aid today, some 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 something to come alongside this more than a thing. It's a it's a him. It's a he. It's Holy Spirit. He'll come along up alongside you. We already prayed for Marvin. Maybe you're facing things that are beyond you. You know, we just got an air conditioning system going in, and I feel overwhelmed. So we're just. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I want to take the last moments and pray. And if you'd be willing to step forward to receive prayer in that, I'm believing the Spirit of God is going to visit you in your own life, in your own circumstances. I'm going to give it another 30 seconds or so. Just come on forward, then we'll pray and we'll, 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 I'm finished, but the Holy Spirit's not finished. He's still working and moving. And he'll continue to work and move. He'll go with you to your home, to your place, to wherever you, your life happens. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just all begin to pray? Just shut your eyes and just begin to worship. Just let Revelation 5 come upon you. (laughs) Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. God, I pray right now for those who have taken the step out. And Lord, I know there are others. they, They haven't stepped out, but they're still in that spot, God. And they need... They need the wind of heaven to blow stronger upon them than at any other time in their lives, God. I pray right now that there would be a wind that would be sent from heaven that would blow into the very circumstances of these lives, Lord, and that uh, you would show up in the scene, and that means there's nothing impossible now. Everything is able. There isn't anything that cannot be done, oh God, because of your presence And you're a very present help. You're that parakletos. You're that one who comes up to give aid and comfort and stay and never leave, God. I pray right now today that that would be dispensed upon people that are feeling like they're hanging by the last part of their fingernails, God. They just, how much longer? Lord, I pray that you would come upon them and strengthen them with this revelation. I'm never going to leave you. I'm here and I'm going to get you through in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for our city and I pray for our nation, O oh God. I pray for our state that has become so liberal and so uh, oh, just overboard with, with things that would be anti-Scripture, anti-God, just for the sake of they don't believe it or they don't want to be a part of it. Lord, I pray that our leaders would come up under a visitation of the Holy Spirit in Washington State. Our leaders in Washington and D.C. would come up under a visitation of Holy Spirit. That, Lord, our people of America would come up under a fresh wave and move of the Spirit of God And that, Lord, things would begin to change because you've showed up in such an outward manifestation, Lord. We still believe you're the God of the Bible. And that our day is not lost because you were never left and you will never leave. Help us today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Mm. If you need a miracle in your body, I want you to come. 
if you're not already up here. If you need a miracle of healing, just somehow um, either come up or lift your hand. We're going to believe the Lord for you. And we're going to end the service with that. Hey, Wednesday night, we'll be back here at 7 o'clock. Got a great uh, teaching we'll be doing this night, or this Wednesday night on some of the foundations of faith. We'll see you then. God bless you. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. If you need prayer, going to keep the altars open. God bless you.